You're listening to the Focus podcast, recorded on Monday, June eleventh, twenty eighteen. I'm James Chow with a brand new series of podcasts that unpacks and makes sense of the world's most fascinating bilateral relationship. Each week, I'll be bringing you news and analysis on China and the United States, and how their interaction is impacting the wider geopolitical dynamics. We'll be adding the voices of the world leaders driving policies and the unique body of thought leadership that China-U.S. focus represents. If you don't already, subscribe for our latest commentary pieces and go to our website, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's start off with the news. Well, you won't hear any car horns in some parts of China. That's because almost 10 million high school students are sitting down for the Gaokao, the National College Entrance Exams. It's not just car horns that are being banned. Chinese authorities are enforcing a quiet testing environment by shutting down some building sites and factories, also closing down roads and even policing testing areas. More testing, this time for China's environmental authorities. They're taking in more cities and regions in a new round of inspections that starts this month. The Ministry of Ecology and Environment is leading that as part of a three-year national program. China set up the new Ministry of Ecology and Environment to take charge of the protection of freshwater, land, air, and oceans. We finish off with 14 billion U.S. dollars. It's being described as the biggest ever single fundraising globally by a private company. Well, that company is Ant Financial. It's a spin-off from the Alibaba Group, based in Hangzhou and led, of course, by Jack Ma. It's hugely reshaped the way we interact with technology in China, but increasingly. Elsewhere as well, and Ant Financial is taking that to another level as China's biggest online payment platform. Let's head now to our analysis. At the top of the list was the issue of trade, very important subject because the United States has been taken advantage of for decades and decades, and we can't do that anymore. Well, certain events around the world this week made me believe more than ever that the world is not only changing but it has changed already. China and Russia came together again this week. Xi Jinping awarded the country's first ever friendship medal to Vladimir Putin, and this comes about 11 months after Putin did the same, awarding Xi Jinping the highest and oldest order. But if you look beyond the symbolism, they also agreed on the need for peace. On the North-South Korea question, they also promised to make all possible efforts to preserve the 2015 nuclear Iran deal. In contrast to that, over in Canada was a fascinating story. We're like the piggy bank that everybody's robbing, and that ends. So we're negotiating very hard tariffs and barriers. As an example, the European Union is brutal to the United States. They don't take, and they understand that. They know it. They, when I'm telling them, they're smiling at me. You know, it's like the the gig is up. It's like the gig is up. 
They can't believe they got away with it. You would have seen the picture that went viral of Angela Merkel bent over the table trying to appeal to Donald Trump as she was surrounded by people like uh, Francis Emmanuel Macron, Shinzo Abe, and just out of the corner of one eye, Theresa May of the United Kingdom. Trump sat there unmoved and supported to his right by John Bolton. Helen Clark, the former New Zealand Prime Minister who also ran for Secretary General of the United Nations, her Twitter, she said the G7 summit has surely been one of the most extraordinary high-level leaders' meetings of our times, and she's been to plenty. I posted the photograph on my social media and I said, the world has changed. And in response, one person said, yes, but this G7 group hasn't gotten the memo that the world has indeed changed. A meeting of world powers without China, India and Russia, really? Well, China at the same time and India with it were quietly meeting over at the Shanghai Corporation Organization meetings. Cool, very calm and not the frenzy and some would say a bit of the chaos that we saw unfold over in Canada. Trudeau put on the brave face or the bravest face he could. The president will continue to say what he says uh, at various occasions. Uh, what we did this weekend was come together, roll up our sleeves and figure out consensus language uh, that we could all agree to. The trade war that seemed to be limited to China has now expanded not only to the US's other partners, but particularly to its closest allies, the UK and its special relationship of, or what it's seen as its special relationship stemming from the Second World War isn't enough. And Justin Trudeau found that out the hard way, the host of this G7 even harked back saying that Canadian and US soldiers shared the same side back to the First World War ever since. But what I think he's doing is relying on something in the past to prop him up for the present. It would be with regret, but it would be with absolute certainty and firmness that we move forward with retaliatory measures on July 1st, because Canadians were polite, were reasonable, but we also will not be pushed around. Donald Tusk, president of the European Council, had very tough words for Donald Trump. What worries me most is the fact that the rules-based international order is being challenged. Quite surprisingly, not by the usual suspects, but by its main architect and guarantor, the US. Well, I wonder whether in a few years from now we'll look back at this week and recognise how important it was in shaping the world order. It reminds me of those few days back in January 2017 when Chinese President Xi Jinping took to the stage at the World Economic Forum in Davos, delivering his vision for globalisation, then the next day going to the United Nations in Geneva and reiterating that same message. And then the day after that, I believe it was, Donald Trump being sworn in at the White House a real changing of the guard. I think we saw an extension of that in the past couple of days. I'm James Chow for me and the editorial teams in Hong Kong and New York. Have a great week ahead and see you again for more context and commentary and the Focus podcast.